wheat volatility is riding high. And the cattle price won't slide. We wonder what's going to happen next. Smart money's buying sheep. Your advice comes pretty cheap. Why don't you ask what we can do? Just the two of us. Making podcasts on the fly. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. Just, Just the two, two of us. us. You and I. I. Uh, I'm surprised we can even still talk in the moment, given. Right, let's get get it over and done with. Right, go on, (laughs) go on. I'm just, I'm just saying that, um, you know how how hot that spicy challenge was in WA with the pizza, the picantissima challenge. All right, well, I'm I'm gonna like I don't often give you credit, but credit where it's due. Uh, you're an absolute animal. So for, for, for listeners, we were in WA last week, all of last week. That's why we didn't do a podcast last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to an Italian restaurant for lunch mm-hmm. on, on Murray Street. Simple on Murray Street. In... Simple, simple Italian, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then we saw on the board that they had a spicy pizza challenge. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening... Uh, I think I think it was on the Thursday. We went back on the Thursday, yeah. And uh, you suggested that we go and try that spicy challenge. Mm. And as the impressionable young youth that I am, I said, "Yep, let's do it." And uh, I didn't. I didn't force you to make make a bet that, that you know that I couldn't finish it, and I didn't force you to you know, make side bets that you well, would my, eat. My my side bet was that I would eat a third of what you eat. Yeah. And so that reduced my losses. Yes, it so it's did. All, it's all about risk management. Hedging. I was hedging yeah. my pizza risk. Um, <laughs> so you do you want to describe? Because um, if you look at the photos yeah. on Twitter that were taken, you look decidedly red. Um, hot. <laughs> I take like for some. I'm, I'm decent with spicy food normally, but I do <laughs> want to point out as well that I did have a migraine that day. In the afternoon, I'd only just because I only just got over that migraine. I'd taken my aspirin, my paracetamol, mm. my caffeine, a liter of water, so I wasn't 100 percent there. Mm. I'm not. I'm not discounting it. Uh, but you can always the, next the, time the, the, the first slice, not a problem. When I got the second slice, that's when I started sort of. I, I think the I think the sauce was what had the the spicy stuff in it. Yeah, because my first bite was. Um, wasn't too bad, and then the second one when I got the sauce, I, I could feel it. Then, yeah, it was it was hot. It was hot. Yeah, I think I could. I think if I just put a bit more effort in, I could have finished those t- last two slices. <laughs> I think that, well, I was. I might have been last three slices because because um, one slice went across to to our colleague Graham Lane. He tried no, to have that, a little that, bit. That was one of the seconds. Oh, was it? Okay. Was one one of two last slices. Yeah. Um. Next time, I, I am. Next time, we're in Perth. And yeah, well, you, I mean, I've, I've, done it. I've got my photo on the wall amongst only a handful of people that have managed to defeat the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't need to have another photo on the wall. I can just watch you enjoy it. I, I, I will. I will sit down and I will do it, and I will work my way through it. <laughs> I wasn't. It wasn't the most pleasant the next day. Uh, when no, uh, <laughs> it was. It was a number of days. For me to um to recover, I think the eating of the pizza was much more pleasurable than the disposal of the pizza. It was it was horrific. So anyway, <laughs> you've won. And, and I think it probably is a sign. Like a friend of mine said the other day, you guys are way too competitive on everything you do. 
And we've always competed. That's probably been an issue with us. We've always wanted to compete against everyone. Yes. And we always want to compete against ourselves. Yes. And uh, it's probably going to end up with us six feet under at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, but, but in saying that, just our, our, our history of actual formal bets that's been undertaken now, that's a 100% record to me in terms no. of winning the bets. The, the, the Ange Postacoglu, who's now moved on. Has now moved the, on. So I, 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 I want to say I wasn't wrong. Just the it, timing. Just the timing was off. <laughs> Yeah, but he's moved on to Tottenham Hotspur, so that's a, a step up from probably the Scottish division. Probably is, yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. Do you want to put a bet on how long he lasts there? Uh, oh, let me think. Let me think about it a little bit, and I'll come back to you. But you always pay your bets. Always you pay do. Your debts. Yeah. No, you do. You absolutely do. You're very, you're very good in that way. So that's um, yeah, that's you yeah, can't deny that you're a stand-up person. Pay your bets. Fucking, although I didn't make you buy drinks for the rest of the night, <laughs> <laughs> so, I've, so, I've got, so I've probably got half my money back. Yeah, you recouped, you recouped a little bit of, you recouped a little bit of cash. That was in, good. And Pisco Sowers. We had another, we had another interesting uh, meeting at uh, on the Friday night when we were at the beer. We had, went to a beer conference on or a beer tasting thing at the Friday night and bumped into a listener. Yeah, yeah well, that, that was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, it was like we got an event that's non-agricultural. Yep. And a guy taps us on the shoulder. You're a meat watcher and meat watcher. And I was like, yeah, is this, uh, is this, is this a lawyer? You've been served. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> yeah, it could have been a setup, could have been serving an affidavit on us. But and we, weren't even, we weren't even wearing our ag watches, our new ag watches uh, polo tops. Um, just, and I'll put a screenshot up on Twitter of us looking like we're in a Formula One team, pl- plastered with sponsors. <laughs> So we met, we managed to catch up with Steve Noah in Perth from the WA Merino or the Merino Polo Company, um, and uh, he's very generously supplied us with some Agwatches polos and, and Merino polo. I, I reckon I reckon they're so fashionable with this logo that people yep. should probably consider you know going to Steve Noah and see if they can get some printed up. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy for any people out there who want to support Ag Watchers and uh, and show their support through wearing an Ag Watchers top. I'm, I'm sure Steve would be able to you know, sort them out. Let's do. Let's do flash. You know, down there uh, if you're in Perth, the Crown Casino on a Friday night, gambling away yep. your winnings for the last two years of excellent seasons. Yep, it's just it's fashionable. And look, everyone knows I know fashion. Yep, that's true. And they they actually are. A very good product, aren't they? Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't wear them if you know, it's not just the fact that Steve's been able to sponsor this. Uh, with the well, well, wait, wait, when is he sponsor? He's given us a couple of free polo shirts. And <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty cheap, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not really. It's not a formal sponsor. It's kind of like a, you know. Well, we've got that other informal sponsor who doesn't pay us anything either, which is Packton Park. Packton Park, yeah, that's it's true. Best lap pudding in the Southern Hemisphere. Correct. Correct. And, and I was actually picking up the post this morning. Yeah. Mm. We should actually talk about agriculture in a minute, but fuck it. Uh, I went to pick up the post this morning because uh, my mum had sent me a parcel. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up the parcel. My mum doesn't, you know, she fills out the customs form in, in absolute detail. So it's a present for a certain day coming up. Yeah. And it's one t shirt, two pairs of socks, one chocolate bar. I'm like, well, that's the surprise gone. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> And that's a oh, she's, written it, she's written it on the, <laughs> on the, no. on the 
and the value of it. It's yes, a you... weep. It's a weep present for me, lovely boy. And what is it? So I know exactly what it costs as well. Uh, <laughs> the T-shirt costs twenty-five pounds. The two pairs of socks cost eight pounds, and the bar of chocolate costs three pounds. There you uh, go. And the postage costs nineteen pounds eight. Nearly as nearly as much as the, the gift. It's it's not the it's not the money. It's the thought that counts. So it's not. Right, anyway, anyway, that wasn't the point. The point was, as I was walking back to my car, I walked past the local butchers. I thought, oh, yeah. I glance in the window. I like to buy my meat. You know, good For fresh. Supporting meat. supporting local butchers. Yep. And guess what was in the front front of the window? Black pudding. Packed in pack, one black pudding, one white pudding. Right. Yeah. So I went in. Yeah, and people might not realize this but i'm a pretty honest guy yeah mm. so when i said i'll take your black pudding pal and he goes i have no problem said, and then he has to show across the woman how much does this cost and then so he put it on the scales and it came up five dollars mm. for, for a black pudding that's thought, not that's, that's not right pal that's not right and i said so, no are you sure that's right mate because normally it's about i think about ten dollars for one of those so well, mm. that's what it says that's what she said it's your lucky day then i was like well you know it's my lucky day that's my breakfast sorted tomorrow. There you go, and 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 recouping some of you know recouping some money back from your from your well, outlandish bets. I can't afford to eat anymore because I've made such <laughs> outlandish bets. The only thing, the only good thing is I'm kept warm with these beautiful merino polo shirts. There's another plug. Anyway, let's get into agriculture. Yeah, is that, that's what we should actually fucking just sorry. I swore again. It's only ten o'clock in the morning. And I've used the two F-bombs. That's another thing I learned today. Sorry, this is complete tangent. Yeah, whole big tangents everywhere. This is just be a whole, this whole is, episode. Of, this will be Chris Hoiberg's favourite episode. Uh, <laughs> do you know this? It's the anniversary today of John Logie Baird's death. Yep, the inventor of TV. Of TV. But I also found out today the word fuck. Oh, okay, all right. All right. Do you know where it you originally found it, you, found out what, you found out what it really means. No, but... <laughs> But do you know where it originated from? Isn't it like a, a Norse word or some kind of Viking word? The, the first recorded instance of the F word yeah. is in Scotland 500 years ago. <laughs> okay. It was written so are you saying you, you invented, you, Scottish invented the word fact as well? Well, it's the first recorded. So all we can say is it, was, it might be beforehand somewhere else, but it wasn't recorded. And if it's not recorded, mm. it doesn't exist. It didn't exist, so, yeah. And it was in a stanza about a person whose parents hadn't produced them properly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so there's a fact for you uh, that we invented the TV and we mm -hmm. also invented uh, the world's most popular swear word. Mm-hmm. We are a people that has forgotten that. Na a nation of inventors. Right, agriculture. Cattle market, yep. sheep market, all under pressure. Yeah, look, they both continue to, you know, kind of just drift lower, really. And it, it's an odd one because if you look at things like uh, what's happening in the export market in terms of demand, you know, the, the, the beef side of things, I, I wouldn't say it's firing Hundred percent, but there are markets that are doing well. Like the US have, have returned back to strength from being, you know, we were sending about half the product we normally send last year, and now we're back up to average levels. So, you know, they're kind of back to normal. Um, we've got Korea, South Korea, really going strong above average. You've got China 
continuing to kind of um, re-engage with Australia. So they're, they're doing reasonably well, above average. And Japan's improving. They're below average, but improving. So the, 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 the demand side's there, but there just seems to be this general lack of confidence in the market, you know, in terms of what's happening domestically here. Uh, our prices are very uh, discounted. If you look at the Australian heavy steer to the US equivalent, we're about 50% um, discount, which is which is the kind of discount you'd expect if there was a drought happening, and there's definitely not a drought happening presently. I know, I know the bureau, you know, the bureau forecast for the next three months looks pretty dire. But is, is it funny that every time the bureau forecasts a dire three months, it seems to pour down the rain? Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, a lot, in a lot of places anyway. Yeah, no, that's right. And I mean, look, I think uh, we have seen rain. Maybe, maybe we've got to wait and have a look and see what the deciles show because even though we've got rain we're meant to get rain this time of year so it just might be that it's you know it's not 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 still above average rain because because i think may was may was kind of you know dry in some areas um but, but, how, yeah, look, it, but how much of that is export demand dropping well that's the thing i mean if anything export demand stronger this year than last year so you know it's i don't think it's the demand side that's causing problems it's it's really it seems to me to be a lack of confidence but is it is the demand increasing because the price is low? Like I, I was talking to somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was saying I can sell anything in the world. I'm not saying I'm the best salesman in the world, but I can sell anything if I make it cheap enough. Yeah, well, certainly that's what I said before. If you compare our pricing, our pricing is much more competitive. Um, so that's helping, and it's certainly helping in markets like the US. So they've re-engaged again. Um, you know, but but I just think when you look at it broadly, like obviously there's. There's a little bit of um, of a glut, I guess. You know, I don't think processes are 100% firing in terms of labour. So, you know, there could be issues still trying to get space. Certainly in WA, they've complained about issues in getting space, particularly for sheep and lambs. Um, in in the in the east, I think you know the, the delays aren't as long as in the west. But you know, I think there still are. You know, there still are processes that are, that are booked out for a few weeks at least. Um, but that's not again. That's not that's not the issue. I think it's confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, yeah, when you look at all of the all of the factors, I guess that are driving this, I, I would suspect that it's maybe uh, producers are, ta- are you know producers are paying attention to what the bureau are saying, and the fact the fact that we've had three good years in a row, I think people are aware that that's not going to last forever. So maybe they're just reacting in advance to the prospect of dry times just around the corner, and and that's what's you know sapping their confidence. The the other thing I'd just add before I finish is. You've, you've still got, you know, labour hasn't totally freed up. You've still got, you know, the fertiliser pricing, even though it's dropped globally, hasn't really dropped that much in Australia. So you've got input costs that are still high. You've got high interest rates, high inflation. So the, the general, the, gosh, you're tapping away quite loud. loud, loud there. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> I just had a message. Right. The, um, you know, the, the, the generally economic environment is one that's you know sapping some confidence out of not just the farmer i guess but anyone that can't be right because i listened to a presentation last year yeah yeah a renowned market analyst and i asked the question would declining i've asked this question to a few different commentators of things and a few different sort of industry events would the impact of declining economy globally or in some of our key markets impact the demand for for meat and wool? Yeah, pretty a lot price like wool. Well, they definitely do. Like global. I was, global told, I was told there was no impact. Economies don't matter. When okay. It, yeah. Like, but obviously that is happening. And I actually hear the same person saying 
Oh, it is impacted by it. Mm. Guess we're well, ahead of the head of the curve. Some people, I think, some people when they get up on a stage, they just they just they just make things up if they get a bit caught out. That's that's the impression I get. Mm. Um, but yeah, so certainly I think that's the only thing I can explain this this softening in price, whether it's cattle or sheep and lamb. I think they're they're, they're to do with I think a lack of confidence more than the actual underlying fundamentals, in my view. And I think do you think a, a bit of that confidence is coming from LiveX and the issues in WA? Certainly, certainly in WA, yes. Uh, and and look, WA have got particular problems there just because you know they're so reliant on LiveX. The moratorium started now, and you know while the while the process of capacity in terms of plant I think is there, the processes there still have issues around things like cold store and access to labour and access to accommodation if they could find the labour. So so they are they are kind of tight and struggling to get numbers in, but it's. You know, if they could have the if they could get the labour and they could run two shifts, th- there shouldn't be any problem in, in processing more animals. Um, but it's just you know it's just these other other kind of levers that need to be pulled rather than building new abattoirs because I think they've still got some that are mothballed. Mm. But yeah, you know, it's it's not a good scenario at the moment. But I I do think that the um the pricing the pricing is very overdone. Yeah, overdone um, pricing. Uh, yeah, as in it's too. It's it, yeah. We, we're too we're too cheap at the moment. I think so. I think there's still a chance we could um, we could see the market start to climb higher, whether it's beef or whether it's uh, sheep and lamb. I think you know, in the next next few months, I think we're going to start to see the market uh, recover. Low prices are the cure for low prices. That's it. What about the uh, what about the most important commodity in the world, Andrew? Wheat. Black pudding. Oh, uh, the brought to you by Patton Park. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been boring. Like, I, this was Sarah saying to a journalist the other day who called up, said, what's happening in grains? As I said, well, nothing and everything at the same time. You know, we've got events that would normally be considered to be pretty big events. You know, the war in Ukraine is still continuing to mug along. You've got that dam that got blown up. Mm. Allegedly by Russians, you know. Don't get wow. Some don't, 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 I don't want to get a poison umbrella in my leg. Mm. Um, and then you had so that's you know obviously probably not damaged much cropping land, but it has taken away the water that would be used for irrigation on about quarter million hectares. So that is big. Uh, then you've got China reports about twenty million tons of um, Chinese wheat being unharvestable, flooded because mm. of flooding. Color flooding. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was two weeks ago. I've not heard anything about that since, and the market hasn't reacted really at all. I mean, nothing to nothing I, to see here. So the Chinese authorities, nothing to see. Here. Well, that's no, not even that because it was coming out of China, the news. But the rest of the trade just looks at it and says, "Yeah, was there twenty million tons even there?" And so it, it comes back to that sort of Chinese whispers, I guess. Mm. There's a pun. Um, but all these sort of big things happening, there, but a bit of bad conditions for the crop in the US. But are they, are they, um, are they, are they Chinese whispers or careless whispers? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You're too young to know the George Michael reference. No, I wasn't, I didn't spend my youth hanging around public toilets. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the, uh, yeah, so we've got these big news events happening, but the market has just been flat. The market has, like, it's actually flat toward downwards over the last sort of couple of months. And if we look at ASX, it's pretty much been flat for the past two months. So 
no matter what story comes out, the market doesn't seem to react, you know, bullishly to it. And so at the moment, if you look at the speculators in the market, you know, it's the longest net short since 2018. And basically, that means that they are, quote unquote, I don't like using the word, but betting is probably the easiest way to say it. They're betting on the market falling. So mm. they're effectively borrowing grain contracts and selling them with the intention of buying them back to recover them at a later date at a lower price. That does have sort of issues in that it could mean that if there, some real bullish news does come out, then they get caught, caught short. You know, they've got to cover their shorts very quickly, mm. which means you can see these sort of really quick, strong reactions in the market. But the market is pretty, pretty boring. And I think this is a time of year that we expect that there should be a bit more fluctuation, but it's mm. really just staying in a very tight, narrow band. Like the, the trading range has been pretty low for the last two months in, in Australia, at least as well. So the other thing we, we spoke about, like a lot of farmers just in conversation, a lot of people we spoke to in Perth, they've talked about, you know, why is canola not $1,000 a ton? We're not getting paid. <laughs> we should be getting paid. Canola was never going to stay at thousand dollars a ton. I thought that was a that was the new normal canola at thousand dollars a ton. Well, I'm pretty sure I wrote about this even when it was at thousand dollars a ton. They said fill your boots because it won't be like this forever. It was caused by Canada being in drought. It was caused by Ukraine being at war. So you talk two of the top three having issues in terms of exporters. Six hundred dollars where it is around about just now. If you look at an average around the country. 600 to 650 is probably, you know, still above average, but that's what happens with markets. High prices, the cure for high prices. Um, the big news as well is probably Bungie and Viterra. Um, you know, there's been a bit of a, a decision for those to merge. So Glencore's grain arm with Bungie. And uh, look, it'll be interesting to see there's going to be a lot of, um, oversight of that deal, if that's the right word. So mm -hmm. Competition commitments around the world looking at it is saying HCC would be our one, but you know, Monopolies Commission in the UK will be looking at these sort of deals to see, well, is it anti-competitive? Um, we saw a couple of years ago, I remember ADM wanted to buy Grain Corp. Mm -hmm. yep. When was that? 2000 and, must be 2014. Yep. Before we worked together. Mm -hmm. And Joe Hockey squashed that one. Um, whether that was right or wrong is neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, Viterra already has an effective monopoly in South Australia. And Buggy doesn't have any storage and handling assets in SA. They've got the Bunbury port in, in West Australia. So I'm not sure that it will be deemed an issue for competition um, in Australia. But that the, might, not, that the, might the, not be the same in other countries like the US and Canada. Uh, they're more, they're more complementary in Australia in terms of their you know, geographic. Well, they don't really. Like if, if, if Bungie had its Bunbury facility in Port Lincoln or they own T-Ports or something like that, then yeah, I would say Competition Commission would have a big strong look at it. But I just don't see that it really is going to limit competition massively. You know, if I tear about CBH, absolutely. If a terabot ATM, a green cop, then or AWB, then I think that would be a bigger case for competition being curtailed. But I just don't think that mm. it will have a massive impact on competition. 
So they've handed them a bung and they're buying Viterra. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, used, no, nobody's used that as a title for narco, hanging them a bung from Bungie. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it's just the market that is just sort of sitting stable. I would say one thing though, and I think, I feel like I'm repeating myself, is don't base your seed. Everyone's seeded, yeah? Everyone's pretty much finished seeding. But I still keep hearing people talking about how they're planting based on price at present. Mm. Unless you're going to sell it, doesn't right now. one iota yeah. of difference because the correlation between price of seeding and price of harvest is irrelevant. Like it's not, it does just because you've got a high price at harvest or a low price at or high price of seeding or low price of seeding doesn't mean that commodity is going to be the same six months down the line. You've got yeah. a whole, whole northern hemisphere winter to go through, uh, harvest to go through, and uh, before then. So that's pretty much it. Fair point. Yep, yeah, no, all good. What We're else? done, I think, are we? Yeah, let's close it up there. What else is happening? So. There's not, nothing well, else happening. No, that, that covers it off, I reckon. But you do need to go and get some oil in your chair because it's squeaking away as you're moving around. Is it? Oh, so it yeah. is, yeah. Well, um, I can't afford oil. We're just poorly paid analysts. Yeah. From IKEA chair. Just rub, rub a bit of packed and pie, black pudding. Um, a little bit I'll, of, I'll, get the, I'll get the white pudding because it's... A uh, bit more suet. A bit more suet to it. Right, or... All right, well, as good as these uh, merino polos feel on the body, Andrew, I'll see you when you've got nothing on. See you later. Toodaloo.